Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Under the Hoodies. This is Bill Kegel. I'm joined by nobody tonight. Uh, just me tonight. Gonna do a uh, gonna do a show. We're gonna talk uh, Colin Kaepernick. We're gonna talk Teddy Bridgewater. We're gonna talk Tony Romo's future. And if there is time, and I'm still feeling up to it, I was gonna give a quick top four of my favorite movies. Um, just because I love talking about movies, so. I really would like to do a movie podcast also, but, uh, you know, got a kid, got a mortgage, got a wife. I'll have all that, but don't have time. So first thing we're going to get into is Colin Kaepernick. All right. I'm not going to get into a, I'm not going to get on my soapbox. The only thing I'm going to do is I'm kind of just going to sort of read something that I wrote because I thought a lot about it and then I'm going to move on. Uh, cause I don't care really. Um, so what I'll say is I don't disagree with Colin Kaepernick's message. I'm a veteran, served in Iraq, love the flag in this country. Although the message is distorted and I disagree with the approach, there's something upstanding about his message and an athlete using their power or influence for good. Um, to a lot of people, the flag and the national anthem is a tribute to our past and present service members and is done as a tradition to honor them. Kaepernick's decision to sit during this edition shows a distorted view of what that moment means. I don't have a suggestion on another form of protest on this very real and very important issue because as a white male, it's not my place, but I don't feel it's, I don't feel he's appropriately articulating his message. The real sadness and what we should be offended by in all of this is the fact that this is even a discussion that needs to be had in 2016. Even worse is the disconnect between the viewpoint of how the protest should be handled is that Kaepernick isn't a good player right now and will likely get cut. And a lot of people will assume he's cut because of this protest, which just isn't the case. He's not a good player right now. And by some accounts, not a good teammate. All in all, I'm glad we live in a country that allows peaceful demonstration. I applaud Kaepernick's right and willingness to do it, no matter how distorted the former protest is. So I wrote all that. And really the only other thing I have to say is, He's just not a good football player right now. Uh, if anybody's seen him, uh, he's about 30 pounds less than what he was. I don't think he was able to work out as much as he wanted to before the soul, excuse me, with the shoulder injury. I think that he's lost a little velocity on his throws because of the shoulder injury. I really think the shoulder injury has as much to do with Kaepernick likely not getting kept with the 49ers after the fourth preseason game, which he is starting. Um, I think that has more to do with uh, with him and his future in the NFL than anything else. Never really a huge numbers guy. Uh, a lot of people would give him a significant amount of the credit for San Francisco's Super Bowl run. And, uh, I mean, just the deep playoff runs they had the three of the four years that Jim Harbaugh was there. But I think that had more to do with the defense and the coaching on offense. I thought Alex Smith was – Phenomenal. His first year starting when they lost to the Giants in their uh, in, in the NFC Championship in 2011. I thought Alex Smith was great, especially in that Saints game. If a lot of people don't remember that, um, Alex Smith had a really long run and just played brilliantly in that game. Uh, it was Kaepernick's show after that. They went to the Super Bowl. They lost to Baltimore and what turned out to be a really good, really close Super Bowl, which didn't start that way. Second year, um, <clears throat> Man, just ran into that Seattle juggernaut. Uh, I think that uh, that the um, that Green Bay game, he was absolutely spectacular. I, I just I came away super impressed with that guy. Um, 
And I do think that I think that they're a a, a team that uh, at least then led. Just I, I I don't know I don't I don't think that he gets a ton of credit. I think he helped them win the Green Bay game. I thought he was incredible in that game. But other than that, I mean, there really hasn't been a lot of moments for Kaepernick, you know. And I think his confidence is just as shot as the shoulder. So I think he's done in the NFL. I think he's – I mean, he might be able to latch on with the team, um, and this will segue nicely into Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, there's rumors that the Vikings will trade for him. Why they would do that is beyond me. He's just – he's too expensive, especially this year. Um, I think that if he gets hurt, which is a risk playing him in the fourth game, if he gets hurt uh, I, and ends up on IR, I do believe his salary next year is guaranteed which I think goes up to 15 or 19 million. I can't remember specifically which one, either number, a huge price to pay for a, a backup quarterback to their starting quarterback, who was also a backup quarterback, Blaine Gabbert. So again, uh, I think a lot of people are going to assume that when he inevitably gets cut by the 49ers, that it will be because of the protest. It's not, it's going to be that he wasn't a good player. Sit or stand for the national anthem. I never thought he was going to last past the preseason. Once Chip Kelly got there, I think that everyone made the mistake of thinking that he's a perfect Chip Kelly quarterback. He's not. I think a guy like Alex Smith would have been. Uh, I, I think Chip Kelly likes quarterbacks with the threat of running as opposed to actually running. If you watch any Oregon game um, from when he was there dominating the Pac-12, you'll, you'll, there wasn't exactly a whole ton of design runs for the quarterback, which is what Kaepernick thrived in. Like a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of running quarterbacks thriving in the, uh, their zone read uh, offensive system. It, it just, RG three had a lot of success in it. Um, Cam Newton actually is the only quarterback still having success with it. But I think the reason he's so successful, because unlike RG three and unlike Kaepernick, he can actually throw the ball. Uh, he's a lot more accurate than them. I, I just think that there's a lot of other things in play when it comes to Cam Newton as opposed to RG3 and uh, Colin Kaepernick. So I don't think he's going to Minnesota. Uh, I don't think he's really going anywhere. I am I am just uh, not a huge fan of his talent, and I don't think I'm alone. I think smarter uh, people that work in the NFL would agree. So transitioning into Teddy Bridgewater – that's a guy that isn't put up a ton of numbers, but what he is is a is a leader. Uh, I think that I think that that team is going to feel that injury more than any other injury, not just because he plays the most important position, but as a young as a third year starting NFL quarterback, he is stable. He's quiet. Teammates like him. That dude cares nothing more. Or cares about nothing more on the earth than playing football. Um, even at Louisville, he was just a super mature guy, and I really think that they're going to miss that leadership. Um, you know, coming in as a rookie, he was coming into a into a situation where the star player was suspended for most of the year due to a uh, very disturbing child abuse scandal um, where pictures surfaced. And, uh, yeah, we all remember that story, and I really don't want to think about it. I mean, he came in, uh, he was – pretty good, pretty solid, pretty, you know, he's not going to wow anybody with his ability with his arm. He's not going to wow anybody with his arm strength, 
But I do think there's something to be said with them playing in the dome now. And I was actually curious to see how he was going to do playing indoors more than half his games. Um, a guy his size, and I remember seeing him personally as a rookie uh, when they played in Buffalo. I remember thinking that, that he is really small in person. Um, I mean, granted, we weren't up on the field. We were, I think, like 20 rows back or something. But even still, he just looked considerably small, like smaller than the players he was around. Um, uh, and particularly skinny. I, he just really didn't look like he had a real strong build. But um, but his athleticism, his his ability to get away from the rush, I think would have helped him with that. Uh, but, yeah, I'm curious to see uh, how much better he looks inside. Um, and, uh, I mean, they did get him some uh, help. They drafted Laquan Treadwell. Um, they got rid of Mike Wallace by all accounts with a bit of a cancer in the locker room. Stephon Diggs was going to come on. Um, and obviously Peterson being the focal point of that offense. I mean, it wouldn't have been on Teddy Bridgewater to do a whole lot with his arm to win games. I mean, Peterson would have dictated the pace of that offense. Um, and along with uh, Mike Zimmer, who is just a defensive mastermind. I love the Minnesota Vikings defense. Um, uh, I think that they were a surefire playoff team. They were my favorite to come out of the NFC North as much as I like Green Bay, as much as I pick Green Bay to go to the Super Bowl a couple times. I'm still on the fence about who I'm going to pick. Uh, I, I talked to somebody earlier, and I think, I, I, I mean, I'm leaning Seattle, uh, New England, unfortunately, which is not a sexy pick at all, but I think it's going to be Seattle, New England. But back to the NFC North um, and how this affects that. I don't think Chicago's any good, and I think Detroit's worse. Um, I mean, I really think now Green Bay has a lot easier route to get to to get to the division uh, title and um, maybe even secure a first round bye if they have to play their division you know, six times. I think that uh, I think I, I, just on paper that looks like six, five or six wins just just that alone. So. Um, I'm curious to see what they do if they trade for anybody. Sanchez is out there. Um, Josh McCown could be an option, even though Cleveland um, is on something. Uh, I think they. I don't think they're 100% confident that that uh, RG3, the RG3 experiment, is going to work. I think they um, are crazy to think that they're going to get a quote unquote high pick for a 36 year old quarterback with uh, not a ton of mobility who seemingly gets hurt every time he plays more than six games. Um, he's out there, um, I guess, sort of out there. So there are options for them. I mean, Tavares Jackson is out there. He's familiar with the, with the organization. Um, I, there are some options out there, but uh, I, honestly, I think maybe Sean Hill is their best option uh, right now, and I think that they best serve sticking with him. Now I do worry about him being in the NFL for so long, his age and possibly getting hurt. Um, but I think he's, he's a fine quarterback. He'll, he'll get the ball out. He's a career backup, but he also has been around forever. He knows not to take big hits. He knows when to slide. He's not going to pull a Sage Rosenfeld and try to show that he's more athletic than he is and get helicoptered in the middle of the air and uh, fumble while falling to the ground. So I, I, I think that he's safe. I think that he's extremely vanilla. I assume that they're going to just roll with him. So uh, very sad, though. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I'm a Teddy Bridgewater fan. I think that – I think a lot of people don't – I think a lot of people are afraid that there's 
there's going to be this huge drop-off, which, I mean, I worry about it myself, but at the same time, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, if you look at him on paper, there's nothing really spectacular about him. He's thrown 14 touchdown passes in both of his seasons, both of his professional seasons. Uh, he cut down his interceptions by four, which when you're only throwing 14 touchdowns, uh, pretty significant number to go from 12 to eight. It looks a lot better. But again, they're playing outdoors in super cold weather and a guy with limited arm strength, I, I think is going to be affected by that more than anybody. I mean, we all get, we can all acknowledge that Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame level quarterback, uh, but he even in his peak, uh, struggled outdoors and in inclement weather. I mean, he he he's still a great quarterback regardless of what environment he's playing in, but I definitely think he gets a lot of help playing, you know, with Atlanta and um, New Orleans, Atlanta in his division, playing at least 10 games in a dome. I think that helps him a ton. Um, that being said, uh, I'm, I don't know what to make of Minnesota. I do think, like I said, Green Bay's Green Bay's. Sorry, this plane going over my head. If you can hear that, I apologize. I think Green Bay's pass got a lot easier, but at the same time, I, I like Mike Zimmer and I like that defense a ton. And I still think that they're going to be an absolute nightmare for opposing quarterbacks not named Aaron Rodgers. Um, speaking of quarterback injuries, another one, Tony Romo. Um, I'm a little conflicted here because as a Giants fan, I really am happy that Tony Romo isn't playing. But as a football fan, I'm really sad to see a guy like that possibly go out that way. I mean, that wasn't exactly a crazy, crushing, devastating hit. Um, But on the other hand, why the hell he is running around? It's preseason. It's, just fly. Take it easy. Like, no one's going to call you a quitter. I mean, I understand as an undrafted as an undrafted uh, free agent coming out of college, he has, a, he has something to prove and a guy that's sort of been disrespected his entire career by his own fans, by and large, which is kind of upsetting because it's like, you've never had a better quarterback in your uh, franchise history. I ask, I'm including Troy Aikman in that. I mean, it's arguable. It's a different, different generation, different, different brand of football. But I mean, statistically, Tony Romo, when he plays, is incredible. Uh, he gets the ball out quick. I think this thing of him being a choke artist is kind of nuts. I really think that they should have beat Green Bay last, or uh, excuse me, two years ago in the playoffs with that whatever the hell they were thinking about the Des Bryant catch, not calling it a catch. I think that they would have. Um, they beat Seattle earlier in that year, and I think that they would have beaten them in the NFC Championship too, and I think it would have been them playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And I think if Tony Romo doesn't get hurt last year because they started the season 3-1, and one, disappointing my Giants, or I should say the Giants disappointing themselves. Um, but they were 3-1 and one to start the year. Uh, they looked pretty poised to uh, to make another run at the Super Bowl and, and – uh, Boy, and I just think that they would have been, they would have been a better matchup for Carolina than Arizona. I mean, Arizona was absolutely putrid in that NFC Championship game. I think that Dallas with Tony Romo was better than Arizona last year. I trust the quarterback better more than I do Arizona's quarterback Carson Palmer. Um, I just think that. 
I, I, I just think that Dallas's window is shut, and depending on how Dak Prescott plays and how Tony Romo, if he can come back early in the season, uh, even if he come back, comes back after week six, I still think they have a shot. But uh, that window is – it's maybe cracked open, but it's another Tony Romo injury away from being shut and painted shut for quite a while. So uh, I'm not really sold on Dak Prescott or what I've seen from him in preseason is impressive, but I, I don't trust that as a sample size one bit. So I don't know. I, I like I like Tony Romo. I'm sad that this is probably the way he's going to go out. But as a Giants fan, I am celebrating pretty hard internally, thinking that the Giants get to play Dak Prescott twice and that really, really crappy defense. Um, that defense, nobody on the defense scares me. They're all uh, either locked up or suspended or whatever. So, um, yeah, Dallas doesn't scare me. I think the Giants should win the division this year. Washington scares me a little bit because they have a uh, they have a little bit of a defense. Kirk Cousins is. Uh, you know, he's okay. He's capable or whatever. Um, not exactly sold on him, not exactly sold on their receiving core. Matt Jones is a bit of a fumbler, their uh, new starting running back. Um, but I think they caught lightning in a bottle last year. I think they, uh, I think Kirk Cousins was super impressive. Uh, he's played 24 games. I think he's second, oh, which is such a stupid stat, but I heard today that he's second in NFL history in passing yards per game. Um, just behind Drew Brees. I think the sample size with Drew Brees is quite a bit bigger than Kirk Cousins, so I'm not really going to take that as a legitimate stat. But in a way, it's sort of worth noting because he is a little – he's pretty prolific, uh, and Deshaun Jackson can stretch the field pretty well. So I'm not uh, – you know, I'm not entirely – I'm not entirely comfortable with the Giants' chances. But as far as – Going into the season, I think it's I think it's a easier road than it would have been, which is an incredibly obvious statement. So, uh, I guess with that, I might as well just go go to the rest of the, the NFL and just sort of preview each division, sort of to eat up time uh, since I am by myself today. I really should have found a co-host. Just talking to yourself. For, I've only been on, on air for like 15 minutes, and this talking to myself thing is uh, kind of difficult. I do it in my head all day, so you'd think it'd be a little more translatable, but not at all, not at all. So if anyone out there wants to call in, by all means, 760-283-0846. I should know that number better, but that's not the one I use to start do the show, so I have no idea. Again, that's 760-283-0846. And by all means, call in. I'm probably going to go until about 9, 15, 9.30, uh, unless somebody calls in. So to go in division by division. So I'm picking Green Bay and the NFC North. In the NFC East, I'm going to be extremely biased to pick the Giants. I think they're going to go 16-0 this year and win the Super Bowl pretty easily. Um, so I'm going to the NFC South. Boy, that looks like a division that the Panthers should win. The Panthers have one of the easiest schedules. I think in recorded history of anything, any kind of sport. So they play at Denver, which should be a pretty easy win. San Francisco plays at Carolina. And then again, Minnesota at home without Teddy Bridgewater. Um, So that's three wins right there at Atlanta. Atlanta beat them at home last year. So, you know what, even if I'm saying that's a loss, it's probably not. So we'll just say three and one 
Uh, Tampa Bay plays. Uh, they play Tampa Bay at home. I think that's five and or excuse me, four and one uh, at New Orleans. So we'll say four and two at Arizona. They play at home. Uh, we'll say four and three, and then it doesn't look like they lose another game. L.A., Kansas City, Kansas City could be tough. New Orleans again, Oakland, Seattle, San Diego, Washington, Atlanta, Tampa Bay. So, anyway, this Denver game is going to be a wash. I mean, they should slap. They really should win their first five games going into New Orleans. I think they win that. Oh, I think or uh, I think they win that also. So, let's say if I'm being optimistic, we'll say they go six and zero. And when Arizona comes to town, I think they beat them at home seven and zero. Now I'm doing pessimistic and optimistic Bill here. So uh, optimistic Bill really doesn't have them losing a game until maybe Kansas City. Um, and by that point, they will be, it looks like 8-0. Um, and, I mean, I, I mean, it really looks like how their schedule is lining up that they're going to go 14-2 and or 13-3. and They play at Oakland and at Seattle back-to-back. That could be a little tough. Um, but even still, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. So I, I, I do think that Carolina wins the division running away. The NFC West, everyone's buying Cardinal stock. I am absolutely not because I do not like the quarterback situation there. Even if Carson Palmer stays healthy, even if he stays healthy all year, I don't trust that guy in big games whatsoever. But you know who I do trust? Russell Wilson. That guy comes through. That guy's won a Super Bowl. That guy almost won two Super Bowls back-to-back. I think that Seattle regroups. I think that Russell Wilson plays out of his skull last year. There's no reason to think that he won't continue it this year. He's not a quarterback that takes big hits. He knows when to slide. He knows when to run away. He knows when to throw the ball away. He knows when to throw it downfield. He is one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league, if not the smartest after Tom Brady. Um, so I think that Seattle wins that division. I think Arizona gets the wild card with, I think they both go like 12 and four, 11 and five and, and Seattle wins on a tiebreaker, but I just think Seattle is a better team. I think they have a better home field advantage. Um, I don't like the Rams at all. And San Francisco might go 0-16, 1-15. I mean, Chip Kelly is probably worth two wins, so I'll be optimistic and say that they win three games. They'll say 3-13, and 13, and I think they get the first overall pick and win the Deshaun Watson Bowl. So switching to the AFC, I gave my opinion on the Bills a couple shows ago, the last show I did by myself. Um, I think they're a middle-of-the-pack team again, which sucks. I wish they had the 2014 defense with the 2016 offense and with some semblance of above average health. And I really think they are a playoff team, but I think the injuries decimated them. I, I hate the, I hate the fact that they're losing rookies to injury, the first and second round pick um, Shaq Lawson will be back, but who knows what kind of a factor he's going to be. Cause obviously it's his first season in the NFL. So who knows? Um, losing Raglan obviously is, is pretty soul crushing. They try to replace him with Brandon Spikes. They try to replace him with David Hawthorne, but there's not a ton of tread left on those t- either of those tires. So again, I think I think Tyrod Taylor is good for a few games, um, uh, for a few wins. So I think they're an eight and eight team. Uh, Miami people in Buffalo, don't worry about Ryan Tannehill, Adam Gase. I, uh, there's nothing really to like about the team. Uh, excuse me about that team. Um, I think they finished last in division. I think the Jets. The Jets have a little bit of a brutal schedule here. Um, they have a stretch where they play. They play at Buffalo, at Kansas City, Seattle at home, at Pittsburgh, at Arizona. That is a 
That is a tough – oh, my goodness. All right, so let me start again. So week one, Cincinnati at home. Week two, at Buffalo on a Thursday night, the Bills' home opener. That's going to be a tough game. Um, I'll be at that one. Uh, at, at Kansas City the week after. Seattle at home, at Pittsburgh, at Arizona. I mean, that they could start the season very easily, one and five, two and four, best case scenario. But look, I mean, I would, if I'm looking at it right now, I think that they are 0 and 6 because I think the Bills win that game. Um, and then uh, Baltimore, Cleveland, Miami, LA. And then again, they play New England, they have India at home. Uh, oh, oh my God, this, this schedule is brutal. Um, but I'm just the jet schedule alone. I I think that they're a third place team in that division. So, um, Buffalo is exactly where they don't want to be. They want to be, they don't want to be picking 13th again, but, uh, I think that's, what's going to happen. The NFC North Pittsburgh, I think is going to come in second i think i like cincinnati a little better um i don't exactly trust uh the red water pistol at all at quarterback but he's pretty confident you know he's uh but that guy is penciling him in for one and done in the playoffs because it has been four years in a row he is one and done in the playoffs talk about a guy that can't win big games carson palmer and andy dalton maybe it's the curse of uh marvin lewis uh, maybe it's that uniform. I have no earthly idea, but God, do they suck when games matter? Um, both those quarterbacks. So the good news about Cleveland is, is they're not the worst team in the NFL. I think San Francisco has that distinction. Um, it'll be interesting to see what RG three does. Uh, I do like Terrell Pryor a little bit. Josh Gordon. Who, if you get twelve games out of him, it's a Christmas miracle because, boy, that guy. That guy uh, he just loves the spleef, and I don't understand why he can't just give it up or do a better job hiding it or whatever, but uh, he is a mega talent. He would be in the conversation with Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, and Antonio Brown, and DeAndre Hopkins as the best receivers in the league, and uh, he would just rather smoke herb and not make a ton of money. So, you know, good for him. Good for him. Baltimore's a, just a classic third-place team. Uh, I think they're. I think they're going to retool. I think they're going to be fine going forward. But this year, I think is another. You know, uh, they're five and eleven. I believe last year. I think that they're going to be. Uh, you know, a couple games better than that. Seven to nine, maybe. AFC South. This is probably the hardest division to call because Tennessee looks improved. I'm a big Mariota fan. They did a good job uh, in the draft. I, I like this Tajay. Or uh, excuse me. Yeah. God, Taj. Uh, I'm drawing a blank now. Why am I forgetting this guy, dude's? Uh, Friggin' last name. Um, but anyway, I, I, a couple of highlights I saw of him. He, he's got some speed. People are, people are fans. Um, the running backs, you know, good. Mike Malarkey is the – I'm sick of these retread guys. Tajay Sharp. I don't know why I was trying to say Tajay Smith. Hold on. Let me, let me get his name right because now uh, – this is why I don't make any money doing this podcast because uh, I do absolutely no research. So, anyway, um, Tennessee, yeah, they're good up-and-coming young, uh, up young team. Uh, DeMarco Murray, you know, maybe you'll have a little bit of a renaissance. Um, not holding my breath because, you know, an aging running back almost never have renaissances unless you're Curtis Martin. Um, Houston, boy, I think Houston might be my pick to win this division. I, they, they were really good last year. Uh, they won the division, although they were a, it was a crap division uh, with Andrew Luck getting, going down. But 
they won the division with Brian Hoyer playing most of their games, which not easy to do, not really easy to do. Um, I think that uh, I think that Brock Osweiler is an upgrade. Um, I think that he's going to make a lot less mistakes than Brian Hoyer. I don't know exactly what he is, what he does special for a guy his size. He doesn't exactly have the strongest. He doesn't have have a Joe Flacco like arm. Um, but good thing is in Houston, you don't really need it. You are throwing to a uh, just a mega talent in DeAndre Hopkins. Um, they got Lamar Miller from Miami, which I think is a huge signing, helps that offense. I think they're pretty balanced on both sides of the ball. I think any time that you have a defense with a guy like J.J. Watt on it, I think your defense is going to be above average. And Jadavion Clowney, um, if he's healthy, that pass rush is going to be scary good. So, I don't know. I I really think the Texans are my pick to uh, win this division, but I think they're going to do it at 10-6. and Indy, the problem I have with Indy is – all right, no, no, hold on. All right, I'm going to give an analogy. So, if I have the Hope Diamond, all right, I like that broad from uh, Titanic. If I have that diamond, am I just wearing it around my neck in dangerous areas of whatever, you know, fill in the blank? Let's say I'm walking around the south side of Chicago and I have the Hope Diamond on my neck. Would I have a gun? No? Okay. Because that's what the Colts are doing with Andrew Luck right now. They have the best young quarterback to come along in a long time. I realize that is uh, up for debate, but everyone go to hell, they're wrong. Andrew Luck is the best quarterback prospect in quite some time. I think he showed that a couple of years ago. Um, 2014, he was absolutely dynamite. It, it just he, He's a great quarterback, even though he does talk like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. But they have no offensive line protecting it. Why the hell would you have a guy like that but not protect him, especially after a lacerated kidney? They should have been throwing money at their offensive line like the Giants did with the defensive line. Um, and Jacksonville, I don't know how well they're coached. I don't – Gus Bradley does – man, I thought he was good, but ugh. they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of young talent, so they should be a little better than they were last year. But, uh, you know, we'll see how they are this year. They still have a ton of talent, um, but, uh, you know, maybe they'll promote St. Marone to head coach and he can do, uh, you know, wonders with the uh, with the team like he did in Buffalo and Syracuse. So maybe that'll get him his, uh, his, his, his trifecta or whatever the hell you need to be a saint. I know he was really close, but uh, not quite at sainthood yet. So um, I don't know, like Jacksonville is a good young, young and up-and-coming team. Uh, but they also need a good coach to go with that. Uh, so good job by the front office, but might need a new coach. So I think Texans are my pick to win the division, but I think it goes down to the last couple of games of the year to decide that. But I think ultimately that defense and Brock Osweiler not making mistakes, I think is going to be huge. The AFC West, everyone's jumping on the Raiders bandwagon, and I understand it. I don't necessarily think that they are going to um, – I don't necessarily think that they're going to win the division, but it, I I could see them winning a wild card. I think they might be a year or two away from actually making a legitimate Super Bowl run if they keep on this uh, trajectory. I like Jack Del Rio as a coach. He's been successful in Jacksonville. He's uh, he's he's a good coach. I, 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 I like what they're doing. I, I think Reggie McKenzie in the front office is doing a phenomenal job. It's, you know, Al Davis's son has done a good job staying out of the way, unlike his father. Um, 
you know, and uh, the Raiders will be playing in Las Vegas at some point, unfortunately, for the good people in Oakland. I do like that they're the Oakland Raiders. Not sure if I'm a fan of the Las Vegas Raiders. But, anyway, they're a good young and up-and-coming team. They might have the best defensive player in the NFL uh, on their team, definitely in the conversation for top three. Um, but, uh, but I man, the Kansas City Chiefs, I think that team is just as solid as they come. Good O-line, excuse me, reliable quarterback. Uh, you know, he doesn't have to do a whole ton with his arm. They have a couple good running back options, and their defense is just, uh, you know, Tom Bahali, hopefully a, a, a healthy Justin Houston, uh, you know, uh, why am I drawing a complete blank on their freaking starting middle linebacker who's been there forever? I, I keep wanting to say Derek Thomas. What the hell is wrong with me today? Um, but anyway, uh, you know, uh, Marcus Peters, the uh, the reigning rookie of the year, eight interceptions last year. I, I just think that that team is just, you know, what everybody says about Arizona and the NFC, uh, maybe the talent isn't as flashy, but I think the talent is just as just as much there. Um, so I, I think that they're just the class of that division. I think Denver is going to finish second to last behind the very, very putridly run San Diego Chargers. So just to recap, uh, New England's going to win the AFC East. Sorry, Buffalo. Um, I think Cincinnati is going to win the AFC North. I think uh, Houston's going to win the AFC South, and Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the AFC West with Oakland and Pittsburgh rounding out the wild cards. And in the NFC, I think the Giants are going to win the NFC East. I think that Green Bay is going to win the North. Carolina is going to win the South. And Seattle is going to win the West with Arizona and – Boy, this was easy before Bridgewater got hurt because they were my other wild card team. Now I gotta figure it out now. Uh God. Oh God. You know what? Maybe they just won't have one. Maybe the Saints. Maybe the Vikings still pull it out. Uh I'll just throw in the Saints. I'll just go with the better quarterback, even though I think they have a lot of problems. Um if if, if uh, the Saints had a, a FICO score, it's pretty damn low. I doubt they get it approved for a secured credit card because I've never seen a team just mismanage their salary cap worse. I mean, Jarrett Bird, they're paying an ungodly amount of money to do what? He's barely played for them. C.J. Spiller, this is the one thing the Bills front office doesn't get credit for, but they do know how to cut people right as they're getting terrible. Um, so, uh, you know, good on Buffalo for that. That that Those are two guys that they uh, that they really didn't need to pay. So, um, I don't know. I think that's the end of the NFL talk. Uh, so, now I'm going to yammer on about why people need to stop suggesting TV shows for me and, uh, you know, maybe start suggesting movies. I don't have time to commit to a TV show. Who the hell does? TV shows, for one, they go forever. I like miniseries, I guess. The first season of True Detective was uh, maybe the best thing I've ever seen on a television screen in my life. And the night of, meh, pretty good, a little overrated, but pretty good. Um, but as far as that goes, listen, wait until my kid turns like 10 and then starts suggesting TV shows. Dan was trying to suggest that I watch Game of Thrones. It's like, just, I don't have time, man. I, not to mention, I don't want to be in the woods. Who the hell wants to be in the woods? Well, I guess a lot of people because they love that crap, but I, I, I don't know. That's not me. I'm, uh, I'm not a fan of dragons. I'm not a fan of being in the forest for any length of time. Um last TV show I really, really got into after the fact was, uh, I think Sopranos, when I started watching it again, was still going on. 
but was the wire. And I'm really happy that happened because a lot of people will say like, a lot of people do call that the best show of all time. It, might be the best show of all time. It's definitely not my favorite show of all time, but super important. I thought season three of The Wire was incredible. I'd put that up against any season of any television show. Um, but as far as The Wire as a whole, pretty meaty. I think that there's a there's there was quite a bit of characters. It was kind of tough to, I would say tough to follow, but there was just a lot of characters, and you wanted them to stay with one longer than others. I mean, obviously Omar, I think, was the star of that show. Um, I think he's the most quotable. He was the most fun. Uh, there's other characters that I liked a little more, um, just in spurts. I really like Brother Malzoon. I'm I'm probably butchering his name, but I thought he was an interesting character. He was only on a couple episodes. Um, I love Stringer Bell. I love uh, I love Idris Elba as an actor. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, The Sopranos. Um, I was that was still going on when I got caught up with them. And Breaking Bad. I was one of the very people that I know of that actually watched that show early on. I got my buddy Sean into it, and we we just sort of. We binge watched the first two. Uh, I don't know. The, yeah, the first two seasons. Then we picked up on season three, and uh, we really didn't let it go. So Dexter, I got into quite a bit, but oh, the rails came off that show quick. A lumberjack. I can't believe. Even to this day, it's been a couple years now. I've had to digest. I, I you give me you you could have put three million dollars in a suitcase and gave me five thousand guesses on how that show was going to end. And I would not have guessed he would end up a lumberjack in the Pacific Northwest. And yes, I'm spoiling it because I don't want the good people out there listening to waste their time. So if you have any suggestions, by all means, suggest movies. I have time to watch those for the most part. And uh, I am going to, because I want to kill a little bit more time and because I, you know what? I just like talking about movies and I would do a movie podcast. Like I said earlier, if I had time. So, I'm going to list my top four because it couldn't really come down to a, a concise number five. I mean, there's a toss up between Shawshank and fight club and, um, uh, um, why the hell am I drawing a blank? Oh, and Fargo is up there for the number five and the, and the dark Knight with the Joker. That movie was incredible. The first time I saw it and, um, a clockwork orange and, and, uh, you know, there's just a lot of movies that could be my top five. Um, I think my a couple of my friends will get a kick out of uh, No Country for Old Men, which I think is a masterpiece. But so I've been able to whittle my top four down, and uh, starting with number four is um, Boogie Nights. Love that movie, uh, not because it's about porn in the '70s. That part is irrelevant. It's just a wonderfully written movie, and uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is on my top four twice. Um, I'm upset he hasn't made a good movie since The Master, and even The Master wasn't exactly a great movie. There was great scenes, but not exactly the best movie ever. Um, but uh, Boogie Nights, I, I loved all the characters. It wasn't a tough movie to follow. I love Dirk Giggler's arc. I love one of my favorite scenes in movie history is in that movie, maybe my favorite scene of all time. And if anyone that's seen it is the one is the part at the end where they try to rob the, they try to rob, uh, I don't even know what the hell he was supposed to be. Um, they try to rob the dude with the Asian throwing the fireworks. They try to rob that guy. I love that scene. I, I thought the the fireworks popping was was incredible. It added so much tension. I loved that scene. I, I love that movie. Burt Reynolds, I've never seen him in a better role. Um, Mark Wahlberg, I don't think he's ever been better. Uh, John C. Riley was actually really funny. I love Thomas Jane's small part. Um, it's just a great movie. Uh, third, Inglorious Bastards. And the reason I love that movie so much is just two words. Christoph Waltz 
was absolutely perfect. Perfect. I read a, uh, I've read about all these movies a ton, but in Glorious Bastards, I'll say the reason I, I love that movie um, is Christoph Waltz as a bad guy. You only see him be violent once, but in a way, as an unassuming, kind of like a soft, older, you know, SS colonel, he was just super menacing in the way that he handled anything, any situation he was in. He did it with confidence. He did it with class somehow. Um, I loved, uh, I loved the fact that at the beginning of the movie, he loved his nickname, and then by the end of the movie, he hated it. Somewhere along the uh, the timeline of the movie, his ideals changed, and uh, which led to the end of the movie, which I won't spoil, which I really wish I could, but everybody should see that movie. It's it's fantastic. It's great. There's a lot of subtitles. I think only 30% of the movie's in English. Um, not distracting at all. There's It's not distracting. There's a little bit of Italian in it. There's a little bit of French. There's uh, quite a bit of German. It, it's just, it's a great, great movie. Um, I love all the plots going at once. I love the ending. Um the very ending, the very end is very satisfying. Uh, a couple heartbreaking moments. It's just a fantastic movie. Second is There Will Be Blood. Um, and that's all Daniel Day Lewis's performance. Um, there's great scenes in that. The ending was extremely weird, but it makes sense. I mean, that was his trajectory. I loved at the beginning of the movie that it set up how just absolutely obsessive and determined Daniel Plainview is. He breaks his leg and then somehow pushes himself across all that just incredible sort of massive scale rough surface with a broken leg, just pushing himself with his other good leg on his back to to cash in the gold for like $327, which I don't know what it translated to to today's dollars. But even still, I, I just thought that was impressive laying in the, I just impressive to set up how just absurd, that guy was with uh with with not even necessarily succeeding but just doing better than everybody and just killing you know just his just his god just that dude's will just his will to be an asshole is incredible i guess probably the best way to say it um and uh number one is goodfellas and i realize that is a very very default answer but the reason i love goodfellas is that there's not one boring part of that movie it's essentially three movies in one. And I always say it's basically the beginning of the movie when he's a kid is one movie, which is not, which is the worst part of the movie, which that's not saying a ton. I mean, that part of the movie to me is like an eight and a half out of 10. Um, I love that it shows, shows his basically how he got to where he's at. Um, by the end of the movie, I, I liked, I liked that base of, um, why he was so obsessed with, being in with that crew. I, I love that. I love the, um, I love the scene, um, where, uh, where he, uh, you know, gets arrested as a kid. And then like, they're all there celebrating him basically, uh, not ratting on them. But I, I love that part, which is a uh, funny foreshadowing for the end of the movie. And then if you haven't seen it, I'm spoiling it. I don't care. You should see it. If you haven't seen it by, by now, that's a you problem. But uh, just the foreshadowing of that at the end of the movie, um, completely selling out the two people that were closest to him and spent the whole movie basically protecting him um, and trying to do their best for him. I love, I love that. Uh, I love, I love that. Uh, the dichotomy of that. It, it's, it's fantastic. I love, 
Um, another good sequence in that movie, not necessarily scene, but a sequence is the end where he's that whole day where he's trying to cook the dinner and he's going to pick up his brother and he's doing coke all day and he swears to God every single you know helicopter he sees is following him and then um, and and the fact that he thought he was in the clear but he wasn't because what's their nuts made a uh, phone call. I, I just love that end scene of that movie um, or that end uh, sequence. Um, and it's a default movie for a reason, though. It's Scorsese's, in my opinion, Scorsese's best movie. Everybody likes um, Raging Bull better. Raging Bull, God, it's another movie with great scenes. It's obviously a great movie, but there's a lot of movies with great scenes. Or, excuse me, it's a movie with great scenes. I love where um, uh, Pesci and De Niro are slapping each other. And, uh, I mean, that's an iconic scene. I, I, I don't know. I, I love... I like Raging Bull a lot. It just, it was a little too slow for me. And I think if I was born at the time, there's my same problem with Scarface. Everyone was like, Scarface is an amazing movie and everybody reveres it. But I think I just saw it too late. I think that was my problem because I think I saw too many movies that try to copy it. But I do think that if I saw the movie when it first came out, I think I would have the same feeling everybody else does that's, you know, 10 to 15 years older than me. Um, Because when they first saw it, there was nothing like that. I mean, that chainsaw scene in that movie is just, even to this day, is still kind of horrific, but... It's, um, you know, it just, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say it's an overrated movie. It's just a movie that missed the mark for me because I watched it for the first time in like 2000. Um, but anyway, I felt the need to go on that tangent. And I did a lot of that off the top of my head. I actually just thought I would end the show with that because I didn't really have anyone to talk to. And you can only preview the NFL so much, you know. So I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. I have no earthly idea. We can't really preview the NFL because I just did it and there's no games going on because the first game is uh, after the next show, which is kind of awesome that it's a week from tomorrow when the NFL finally kicks off, finally kicks off. I'm so sick of baseball and, you know, uh, you know, I love the NBA, but I'm even a little sick of, you know, I, I, I got, I get a little sick after the, after the NFL season and the NBA, you know, for the, until the playoffs start and the NBA playoffs, especially the um, early rounds are usually kind of fun. There's always at least one fun series in, uh, in, in either the Western or Eastern Conference. Um, and then the finals this year were early on, they were a bit of a dirge, and you thought that they weren't, you know, this is going to be a terrible finals, and, and it shaped up to be an incredible series uh, in the NBA. But I just, I'm tired of it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with the UFC after the McGregor uh, Diaz fight. I, I, I'm just so ready for the NFL to start. Um, I mean, it's the one thing I, I plan my day around, I plan my week around. I, I, I absolutely love it. I am buying my kid a uh, probably going to get an Odell Beckham jersey. I don't see why why I should go with any other player. I mean, I love Eli, um, but I realize the kids don't. And you know, at 15 months old, she can probably identify with you know who's a little bit better of an athlete than the other. You know, uh, Odell Beckham's slightly better athlete than Eli. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be a fun NFL season. Um, again, as a Giants fan, I like what the moves they made. I think they paid too much money, but maybe it was necessary to do to get um, players on that level. Uh, you know, to come there and they're going to outbid. They'd outbid a couple teams, and that's fine. Um, it's not my money, so what the hell do I care? You know. Anyway, uh, that's the show. Um, thanks to those who listen live. Go ahead and listen on iTunes if you want to hear this uh, unprecedented second time. Um, and uh, we'll be back next Wednesday. It'll be Dan and I. Um, again, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. Maybe we'll talk about the upcoming week's games. Um, we'll probably go there and, um, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been Bill Kegel with, uh, flying solo. My throat hurts. 
And how long have I been going here for? 48 minutes. Man, I wish I could think about something. I wish I could think of something to talk about for 12 more minutes. But, uh, but I can't. Anyway, for real, leaving this time. Thanks for listening. Bye.